Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Game. If you're listening to us on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, thank you for tuning in. If you are on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, our website, wherever you you hear us or the podcast, thank you very much for tuning in. Steve's out again. Going to be out for a little while, unfortunately. Everybody, As everybody knows, he's the guy that kind of runs the ship here, so... I'm doing the best I can, but we got a fun little show for you guys today. We're doing a special edition called the super fans. So I actually went and found some fans for just about every team. We couldn't quite get every team. Unfortunately, I didn't get much feedback from some of them, but we've got one right here with us now. He's going first because he's a fan of the number one seed in West Utah jazz. Hunter Hyatt. How you doing, Hunter? Thanks for joining us. I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be on here and talking about the Utah jazz. Awesome. Yeah, me too, man. Well, tell me a little about yourself or what makes, why are you a jazz fan? You just grew up around there? Or? Yeah, so I grew up about 30 minutes from the arena. Um, I was born in 95, so right when the jazz were at their heyday. So my first couple of years of life, the jazz were going to the finals a few times, never won, but grew up my whole life loving them. Everyone in this area just loves the jazz. It's the easiest way to make friends, just wear a jazz piece of clothing and people will start talking to you. Some of them don't know what they're talking about. Some of them know way more than you do, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Right. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I always love talking sports with just about anybody. That's why, why I started this in the first place. So we're just going to ask everybody um, the same four or five questions. And I just want you to give me your best answers and try to convince me why your team's going to do great this year. Okay. So first question, did you expect your team to be here at this point in the season? And if you, if so, why, if not, why not? So I got to feel like if you've met jazz fans or seen them play, every one of them is probably going to tell you yes. Every single season, we're going to expect the number one team in the NBA, whether that's realistic or not. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I feel like it's a little bit stronger this year. Um, after last year, losing to Denver, who went all the way to the conference finals. And realistically, it was by one shot, the jazz missing their second leading scorer. And things looked pretty good. And in this weird year, we kept all of our players and got a few new rookies. It really was not much change for a weird year, which I thought really favored them. And while their teams were trying to figure each other out, the Jazz would have already known each other. So I thought they had a really good advantage at the beginning of the season. So I thought they they could pull up here and be at least in the top top four in the playoffs. So top one in the NBA is exciting too. Yeah, de- definitely. You know, uh, Stephen and I talk about this all the time, the continuity the Jazz had coming into the season compared to the the rest of the league. We we all we both said we thought that was a big part of what of their success for sure. You know, they didn't have to worry about a new coach coming in. They didn't have to worry about a bunch of new players on the, you know, in the rotation. They just were kind of ready to go and not really and many other teams were. So, I always that, I felt like that too. So, we're in agreement there. What does your team need to do? So, what does Utah Jazz need to do to succeed in round one of the playoffs? I think they just need to play the game that they've been playing all season. They need to not let the other team dictate what they do. They just kind of need to do their game and do what they 
have been wanting to do. And I think just sticking together, like they've been doing it all season, passing really well and not trying to do anything heroic. Um, and the few times they have, they usually lose the game. And so as long as I think they can stick together and really play defense too, because that's been one of the big things that they've done that's made it possible to play the way they have is just stay playing defense and helping each other out. Absolutely. You know, defense, I think, is is going to be a huge factor in these playoffs, even though defense really wasn't much of a factor all year long for a lot of teams. So, uh, um, you know, I think that the Jazz are kind of uniquely qualified in that area, especially with uh, a guy like Rudy Gobert protecting the rim. You know, they've been they've been a, an elite defensive unit for quite some time. And I remember the game right after LeBron got hurt when the Lakers played them. And I was, I was sitting somewhere watching it and I just was blown away at how well they moved the ball. It seemed like our defense was like three passes behind and they were already like running back down the court after they made a three and they were just lighting it up. And it's fun to watch. It reminds me of those old Spurs teams that beat LeBron's Miami teams, you know, back in the 2010s, I guess they just move the ball. It's just beautiful the way they play. I'm actually, Believer in the jazz a bit this year, not maybe as much as you probably, but uh, I, I do think they're going to be pretty good this year. They're they've they're I don't think they're a flash in the pan. I don't think they're just the number one seed because of injuries or anything like that. I think they've had they've earned it for sure. So yeah. in round one, can you give me one matchup you think will be a difference maker in the series? Or if you don't think it's going to be that close, just give me one matchup you're interested in to watch. So I, I was thinking about this a lot, and I think it's kind of a, a twofold one because I like the offensive matchup and the defensive matchup. Because really, I think offensively, it's going to be kind of Mitchell versus Morant. Um, mm-hmm. But they're both not going to be guarding each other from the times they played this season. Dylan Brooks will guard Mitchell, and Royce O'Neal will guard, guard John Morant. And I think whichever one of those matchups kind of goes better, you know, it's both of those their defensive guard versus their offensive guard, just seeing who does better. I think that will be the difference maker. Awesome. Awesome. Very, very good. Very good. I was kind of expecting it to be, you know, having to worry about Steph Curry. So yeah, you know, I think, I think the Grizzlies are a tough team though, too. I think John Morant proved some people, you know, proved to some people that he's, he's going to be special too. And, uh, you know, maybe Steph for envy, but you know, I, I like it. It was, uh, but I'm in there. I, I would have felt pretty bad for Grizzlies fans if two years in a row, they really, team that got kicked out because of the bump, you know, because of the plan. Yeah. I know one thing I'm a little scared about is uh, though the jazz have played really well against Memphis this year, Conley tends to struggle against Memphis Mm -hmm. and he's been doing really good this year. And Mitchell's just barely coming back from injury. It makes me, I am worried a little bit about the first one or two games. I think they'll pull out of it no matter what, but I'm worried that they're going to come in hot and the jazz are going to be figuring themselves out a little bit. Okay, definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's a you know that's a valid concern. I feel like if you're gonna be if you're gonna pull an upset, like or you're gonna you know at least win a game or two in a series like this, it's gonna be early on before the other you know the better team really kind of figures you out and gets gets healthy. So I I definitely I get that for sure. Okay, what would what's the obviously I think we know what you're gonna say to this. What's the best case scenario for the Jazz this year? And then after that, what's the worst case scenario? Best best case is definitely getting their first championship and going all the way and winning it. I think one of the things that really actually helps that, I think it's kind of it blew up for a second but flew under the radar, is the fact that Dwayne Wade is with the team now. Um, and he, at a young right. age, as a powerful guard, went and won an NBA championship with some veterans. And So I think that's a big thing that can help them pull that part off. Um, worst case, I, th- I think the worst case could be getting out in the second round. I think they'll get past Memphis. I, I'm 
I remember correct, they beat them every time they played this year. And if not, it was mm-hmm. two and one on a close one. But they they play pretty well against them, and they're a young team. And the Jazz have been just firing on all cylinders all year. Yes, they have. <laughs> you know that's that's what kind of makes me you know feel like that everybody's talking about this Jazz team like those. Atlanta Hawks teams from like 2016 that went was first, you know, first place in the East and didn't really have a star. I don't really feel that way about this team. I think they're more like the, uh, the Detroit Pistons that beat the Lakers back in the early two thousands where you're going to realize when it's too late, how good they really were. And they've been showing you how good they are all year. And it's just, unfortunately for you guys, it's, it's Utah people don't for whatever reason, take them seriously like they should. And, you know, for one thing I will say about Utah is they're never down for very long. They've never really had like a stretch where they've just been bad. You guys are always right there. So, you know, it could happen this year. If it's going to happen, I feel like this is a good year for it. All right. We're down to our last question for you, Hunter. I've got one more. I just want you to tell the people, make your case. Why do you think the Jazz are going to win the title this year? you got to convince us. Okay. So I'm going to start off talking about it as if it was. We're not talking about the Jazz. We're just talking about an NBA team. So they have okay. Coach of the Year candidate, three All-Stars, two Six-Man of the Year candidates, uh, Defensive Player of the Year candidate who's already won it twice. Um, and they also – three. I think I already said three All-Stars. But all that put together, most teams, people are going to pick it. There's the problem that always everyone loves LeBron. So that's going to always get brought up, and he is amazing. So that'll be that'll be scary. But the other thing that I think really helps is um, LeBron has said it himself. I suck in Utah. And if it comes down to it, conference finals, Jazz, Lakers, he's going to have to play in Utah up to four times. And if he really does struggle in Utah like he has historically, I think that gives him a really good edge. Um, but I just think the fact that they've been playing together as a team the whole season, they've been sacrificing – this whole team was there last year when they blew a 3-1 lead and they were mad and they've been just working together all year. They went through some trauma this year. They've had, I mean, they've had a few injuries. It wasn't really bad. They got two or three players out for a few games. They still had very few lineups. Um, they got in that little plane accident where their plane had to emergency land, which yeah. shook them all a lot. And through all yeah, that, it they just, it was pretty bad from what they said. Yeah, and from all of that, kind of brought up again that Mitchell had some flight anxiety, and it, you know, kind of I don't know if that was part of the reason why he didn't play a little bit at the end or just getting rested up for the playoffs. But I think they've just been sacrificing right. for each other all year. They have a coach they trust, mm-hmm. they trust each other, and uh, being a super fan and seeing all the local news, like they're just always doing stuff together. They're they go to mm-hmm. they haven't done as much because of the COVID protocols, but they would go to barbecues of fans. They just see someone putting one on Twitter or Facebook, and they'd go and hang out with them and. I just think that they're ready to go and ready to do it. You know, I always, I always like to try to think of, of NBA players. Like, what are they like outside of like NBA life? You know, and and they're, they're normal people like you and me, but I feel like a lot of the guys on the jazz seem like they're genuinely like friendly dudes. You know what I mean? Like they just get along and it's, it's interesting the the coaching job that Quinn Snyder's done because when COVID shut everything down last year, People were talking about like Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell not even play together again. Like they were, there was a big deal about it. And you haven't heard a word about that this year. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a wonderful job by their coach for sure, Quinn Snyder. Yeah. And I think one thing too, as everyone knows, all worried about it, Mm -hmm. but they have watching it, they've, they always get along, but they've never really been friends. I mean, they're about six years apart in age. One of them is from another country, one's from America. Mm -hmm. They've never, you watch they don't do a lot together outside of it so i think that helped a lot that right. it didn't 
Cousineers and a friendship. They were just they're just teammates and they love each other and they play together, but they right. are teammates. They don't worry about hanging out outside the game. But it, it's just really fun seeing them seeing them all together and and hanging out. And it was I remember in the off season there was five six guys getting together just to play pickup ball together. And it was I think they're ready to to work together. Right. Yeah. For sure. You know, they're it's it's a business. They're professionals. I think they can put whatever happened in the past in the past. And it seems like, well, Hunter, that's our time. I really, really appreciate you coming on, man. I, I, I feel like you did a pretty good job convincing me. You're, the way you, you, you laid out the, all the all-stars and the six-man, I mean, it is, it is pretty impressive. And, and if, it was, if it was a normal year and you just gave me that list and I didn't know, you know I would probably think you know, it was either Brooklyn or, or L.A. Or, you know, that's, that's yeah. a, a lot of good, really, really, really good things going on for Utah. And one other thing I did want to mention, we were talking about continuity earlier. I almost forgot. The Brooklyn Nets stuff that had never started together before last night in one of the playoffs. So that's just interesting because a lot of people are, are, are thinking they're going to go all the way in time. I don't know. A little bit of uh, continuity and, and rhythm together is going to be able to get it done. But thank you, Hunter. We really yeah. appreciate you coming on, man. If you want to hang out, um, we can begin at the end with everybody, or you're if you got to go, you're ready to go, man. It was I yeah, really appreciate I may you coming have to on. Go, but if when the Jazz are in the finals, I, I'd love to come back win. on and be a part of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. If they make it, I'll we'll definitely have you back on. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Okay, Hunter, I'm gonna get it. Hey, bud. We'll see. Ya. All right, and we're up to the two seed in the West. I figured that would what would make sense. This is Marcus. He is Correct. the super fan for the uh, Phoenix Sun. <laughs> Correction. They, could, they, they, were, they were right. Yeah. Okay. Well, you get a nah, chance to prove, to prove yourself right here. I know. Oh, for sure. uh, Marcus, go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself. What makes you a fan? Uh, born and raised in Arizona. Been a Suns fan since day one. Go Suns. Right. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Very good. Very good. You know, uh, it's, sometimes it's just how it is. You know, a lot of people are born into fandom kind of with their, their parents. And unfortunately my dad, you know, birthed me into being a, like a, a Cubs and a bunch of losing teams. Bears. Oh, I'm sorry. They yeah, were good before. They were good before I was born, but <laughs> yeah, so I've done a lot of losing. So as soon as I was old enough to pick my own team, I became a fan of the Lakers. They won All a right. lot. Nice. All right, Marcus. So we are here today to tell us why you think the Phoenix Suns are going to win the title. First question is, did you expect your team to be here at this point in the season? Why or why not? Well, I figured they would be a playoff team. Uh, actually, I knew they'd be a playoff team. I just didn't think they would be the number two seed. That that right, right there is very surprising. But a pleasant surprise, obviously. It's just... All the teams that we've went through this year, I mean, the, the West is always hard, always hard. And right. all year, every year, or all year long, that's all we did was beat the good teams, beat the good teams. And I think we took two off the Lakers, two off the Clippers. Uh, I think we swept the Jazz, I believe, I can, if I'm correct. Uh, and the Warriors, obviously, we didn't really have too much of a problem with them. But, you know, Steph. Right. Steph's amazing, so he can just go off whenever. But I mean, just the just the way that we've won all year 
gives me great confidence. Great confidence. Because in the past, we yeah, get behind. I, we lose a I lead. agree with that for sure. Like when we would lose a lead, or we would, or they would uh, start catching up or close in on the lead, they weren't able to get buckets. But now with Chris Paul, I mean, Mikel Bridges coming along and Cam Johnson, the addition of Tory mm-hmm. Craig. I mean, like I was questioning that Tory Craig thing, Tory but Craig's I was good. wrong. Like I was wrong. Yeah. He's been, he might not put up a lot of points, but what he brings to the court, like just his mental toughness, his just his drive, his tenacity. I mean, God, I love it. I love it. I didn't really know who he was before he came here. And when they made that trade, I was like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. They didn't make any more big splashes, but I had to trust Monty and, uh, uh, and Joe, so, and they pulled through. I mean, all year, I mean, even over the over the summer, you know, they uh they made some good additions. I mean, obviously, Chris Paul, he's a winner wherever he goes. Just mm-hmm. brings up win percentages. Uh, even if you look at Houston, he even brought up their win percentage by a point. But nonetheless, he brought it up, and that was already a winning right. team, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I don't think Thunder. anybody expected anything from Oklahoma City last year. Nobody expected anything, and they mm-hmm. went from a point fifty nine to like what point sixty one or something like that. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Uh, right. I mean, they were just ridiculous, ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I don't even know who any of those players are. I knew who Shea Gilders Alexander was. <laughs> That's right. it. And I'm a huge oh, they're trying to lose, dude. They weren't trying to field a team that was one of right. win they games. Like, they got every draft pick for the next ten years. <laughs> then Chris Paul threw a monkey wrench and everything <laughs> by winning. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't take any chances with that this year. They shut down Al Horford. They shut down Shea Gildas, Alexander, all of them. Oh, they didn't, yeah. were making sure they didn't win. All right. We are joined <laughs> by another Phoenix Suns fan. I forgot we had two coming in. So we got them both on here now. What's going on, J-Man? How you doing? What's going on, Austin? Thank you for bringing uh, two of us on because we have to yeah. represent. I think that Jay, Jay, man, Marcus, we got a lot of we got a lot of Knicks fans. I needed somebody. To even do. though the Suns are uh, doing really well this year, so that we don't get a lot of love on the national side, and I think right. that's uh, very all. unfortunate. And uh, I think that everybody pretty much has, has us uh, written off, and that we're going to get swept in this first round, supposedly. Mm-hmm. But people like myself and Marcus, we've been watching this team all season long. And so I think we have a lot of confidence in our team and uh, how far that they can go this year. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. Um, I think people that are thinking that they're going to get swept, haven't been watching basketball for one, LeBron never wins game ones. He, he, they're not going to win, probably not going to win the first game. Even if they do, we lose the next four, but that's not going to happen. LeBron has a fill out game for LeBron every series, but right. uh, they're, they're not the same team as last year. No, they're they're not not. the same team. It's interesting. I, uh, I did a poll at the beginning of the season uh, who won who won the offseason. And the three choices were the Hawks, the Lakers, and the Suns. And the Lakers and the Suns were like almost dead even. And I think you could – at the time, it, it was it seemed like, you know, that was pretty fair. But it's pretty obvious that the, the Phoenix Suns, you know, had the better additions because I don't think people really understood how, go- how valuable a guy like Dwight Howard was to the Lakers. And, and they, they miss his energy and his defense and – Marcus All might be 
might have been a bad a bad decision. And you know, I'm a little well, bit of a stickler. I am a Lakers fan. I will let you guys both know that. I don't know if I've told you. No, that I know that. So. But I have to say this about the Lakers, though. Uh, I honestly thought the Dennis Schroeder move was a great move. Me too. Uh, because of LeBron and AD not being able to play together with him, I think mm -hmm. that really affected uh, where they could have went had right. they been, you know, developed a little continuity on the court mm -hmm. together. For sure. But Mark Gasol and I think it's Trez, when they play together, they do really well. I don't know what Vogel's thinking. With uh, Obviously, he's he knows more than I do. I mean, he sees right. what's going on, but – when you see the numbers with Marcus All and Trez, I mean, how do you not put those two on the court together? But he has been injured, so uh, Gasol. So uh, I don't know. Former Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, well, they're just afraid to play two big men together now because everybody goes small and spreads you out. But I, I know I that agree small ball is ridiculous. And then with Jokic uh, creating a new position, point center. That's right. Know, I mean, I mean, I think AD mm -hmm. that too. AD was a point guard, you know, throughout his whole earlier career, and then he just blew up over the summer. And mm -hmm. yeah, he wouldn't that be nice? Oh my god! <laughs> all I would right. like to we'll play them all healthy. Time. I think we could beat them healthy. I think we can. Yeah, it's going to be a good series, man. I'm, I'm, I'm confident in my team, but I'm not overly confident. Chris Paul can do a lot of amazing things on the court. Same with Booker and all those guys. All right, next question: What does your team need to do to be successful in the first round? I'll go with you, Jay, first, Jay, man. I, I've been thinking about this quite a lot, and really, mm -hmm. I think that what it comes down to is with the DeAndre Ayton and Anthony Davis matchup, because okay. I, I think that you know the Phoenix uh, we have a, a really good perimeter defense, and mm -hmm. so I have no worries about you know I mean LA just dropping bombs on us you know from the outside. I think that mm -hmm. Mikael, Jay Crowder campaign those guys will be chasing you know shooters off that that three point line. But really, it's going to be the battle underneath the rim. And I, I don't think that, you know, every time I say, you know, DeAndre Ayton and Anthony Davis, they think that I'm trying to say that, you know, trying to uh, stifle Anthony Davis. I mean, I don't think that that's going to happen. But really what I'm saying is that I think it's um, managing how explosive Anthony Davis is going to be because he's going to get his. I think he'll score, you know, a lot of points. But I think it's just keeping him from having those 40-point games, those 30-point games. And um, throughout the season, DeAndre Ayton's had some really good matchups against uh, Jokic. He did really well in a couple of games against him. And then he had uh, some good real uh, showings against Gobert. So I know that he can mm -hmm. uh, step up when needed to against the, the elite bigs of the NBA. And I really think that that's probably where a, a big part of um, our, our success to winning this first-round matchup is going to be is DeAndre Ayton's got to show up. He's got to be a presence on the offensive side. He's got to be a presence on the defensive side because I think that in a lot of his games where he's had a really big defensive presence, it's usually like him stopping cutters and slashers, you know, kind of those smaller players. But this one, it's going to be him having to um, at least contain Anthony Davis from going nuclear on us. And so I, I really think that that's probably 
where um, our success is going to be. And then I think a lot of it's going to be adjustments because I know that LA is going to be throwing a lot of different defensive schemes. I think they're probably really going to look to trap Booker and double team Booker because, you know, I a lot of people talk about CP3, you know, for, for good reason. He is the point god. But mm -hmm. you've had games where CP3 scores like six points. He's mm -hmm. always going to get a lot of assists. He'll have eight assists, 10 assists. But then the Suns win those games because Booker goes off for 30. And right. so, you know, I think that Devin Booker, despite, you know, the numbers he put up is, is criminally underrated. And so I really think it's just going to be uh, Monty Williams adjustments to whatever L.A. throws at Phoenix and then also to that big battle down underneath. Definitely. You know, I, I, I agree with everything you just said, for sure. I think I think one thing that worries me is I know almost know for sure you guys have a coaching advantage in terms of, you know, making adjustments. I'm not sure Frank Vogel had to make a single adjustment last year in the playoffs. I think they just kind of they did a little bit from series to series. But it seemed like within each series there was I mean, the other teams never really changed anything. They just kept going with the same thing and it didn't work. And another thing, too, is that I thought was interesting that you brought up DeAndre Ayton. I make jokes on here all the time that I mean, I'm in a couple of Phoenix Suns fan groups that all I ever hear is people just hating on him and they hate him and they talk about it. If he doesn't get 50 rebounds and 50 points, yes, that he's not, that he's that's soft. ridiculous. I constantly defend this guy and it's like mm -hmm. everybody starts ringing up. Oh, they should have took this. They should have took that. Well, you know, Charlotte traded Kobe. I don't think they're crying over it still. I think they're trying to get better. It's, and it's just like because he they got, want to he got drafted ahead of the guys here. he got drafted ahead of. That's all. I, I Sark, had a bad, Sark had a bad game, and they're like, oh, trade him. I'm like, are you kidding me? He came off on an yep. injury. He was only playing like 13 minutes a game before that, mm -hmm. and then he has to play an entire game. And I thought he did pretty well. He missed two late free throws that game, and then, mm -hmm. you know, Booker does his thing, and, you know, the rest is history. But right, I'm a the basketball most player. Like, I play ball every day like you know jay man i play in res tournaments all yeah. the time you know you're, how you're it is at salt river or Gila river down there oh hey man i play up in chanteau page and all that pignon and <laughs> many farms and you know all that and it's rough man it's rough and the one thing yeah. that i definitely know is that physicality is everything and if you play a little bit of physical game against, you know, AD, he don't like it. He doesn't like it. That's very true. And I'm, I'm interested to see on the other side of the ball. Austin, I think that the one thing that you're probably not going to hear from any other of the fans that you're going to talk to today is mm -hmm. that, you know, we're coming out of a real horrid, horrendous decade of uh, just – the most embarrassing basketball, embarrassing front office moves. And, you know, I think that really, like, if you're yeah. a, a Suns fan and you're on Twitter, you're on social media, like, our, our, our online community that we're kind of uh, traumatized, like we're going through all this trauma. And so like, even though that our team's really good, that we're constantly barking at each other, like you mentioned that as soon as DA has a single mm -hmm. bad game, fans are turning their backs on them and he has the biggest chip in his shoulder, biggest chip on his shoulder, it's called Luka Doncic. And the most frustrating thing is that you have some of these fans wanting to trade DA for like role players off of other teams. Mm -hmm. And it's like- I know, like Carl Anthony Towns and I'm like, in what <laughs> universe is that going to happen? What's he ever done? <laughs> you know, he scores a lot oh. of points and they don't win a single game. 
Okay. So I can hear that all the time from Pacers fans, dude. They all want to trade Miles Turner every other day. Oh, I know. Miles Turner. Oh my god. Trade him to the Suns, man. Yeah, we'll take right. He's always in the top. I'm interested to see how Ayton's effect on offense does if AD has to guard him much because AD likes to, you know, kind of roam the paint and protect the rim and and change shots. And if Ayton's having a having a good series and they have to worry about him, I think that's going to kind of mitigate that a lot too. So I'm interested to see how that goes. I honestly wonder how they're going to play AD anyway, because AD doesn't like to play under the basket. He likes to hang around the three-point line. So I don't, I'm not sure how that's going to work. I don't know what they're going to do. We're going to see a lot of Sarge and Kaminsky in this series. I think definitely, definitely. Kaminsky and Sarge like to play, you know, a little rough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've definitely got a big team too. All right, what's the next question? We'll go with. Marcus on this one. I just got to get my notes back up here. All right. What's the best and worst case scenario in your mind for the Suns in these playoffs? Losing to the Lakers. That's the worst case scenario. Best case scenario is obviously winning. I don't like to sound like this delusional Suns fan because I know, you know, fan, fanatic, whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't like to sound delusional, but I honestly believe that this year is way more wide open than any other season. Mm Maybe besides last year, but just because of the shift in the West, I honestly don't believe in uh, the Jazz. I really don't. I hate to be like that. Uh, I've watched the Jazz a lot this year, and I've watched uh, the Clippers, the Lakers, and those are the only threats, the only threats in the West. And we had our way with the Clippers, and we did what we did to the Lakers. And obviously, we did what we did to the Jazz. I just don't see a scenario where we can, if we don't, if we don't get out of this first round, or if we get out of this first round, I don't see a scenario where we could lose. I really don't. Okay, awesome. That's what that's what you're here for. That's what I like to hear. You guys are confident about your team. That's what I wanted. Perfect. You know, I'm I'm uniquely kind of positioned in this, and that I've only in my entire life as a basketball fan only had about four or five years where my team hasn't been good. So. Yes, I try not to take it for granted, <laughs> but uh, I get I get plenty of plenty of crap for it. Don't worry, I get it all from every which way. It's I'm from Indiana <laughs> and I'm a Lakers fan, and nobody nobody understands it. But let me put this out there. I'm not saying. Let me put this out there real quick. I'm not saying that the Lakers are going to be a pushover right. because LeBron LeBron is a force of he's a force to be reckoned with. And if he's healthy and AD is remotely healthy, they're going to be so hard. With that being said, I think Mikel Bridges can handle LeBron because he has before. You're not going to shut him down. Right. But you can stop him in critical moments. And I believe he can do that. Because if it comes, most of these games will come down to a few possessions. Mm -hmm. It's the Lakers. They prepared to be healthy for the playoffs. So we'll, we'll Mm -hmm. see how it goes. Uh, they have to de- Suns have to play balanced in all three phases, all three phases. And if they don't beat themselves, I think they got this for sure. Awesome. Awesome. You know, I'm, I, I feel like this Lakers team at the beginning of the year, I was saying it, everybody was saying it, that's going to be, you know, a repeat. There's not much, you know, doesn't look like in the West, at least like there's going to be much because they won the title. And then they, everybody said, the they got better. 
But uh, that hasn't been the case, obviously, because of injuries. But we've also never seen LeBron James dealing with an injury really like it's that's significant at all, all in his in, entire career. We're all in unfamiliar territory, man. Right. So, and you know, he is, he is up there. And mm-hmm. it has, I'm, I'm, I tend I'm to feel funny. like the whole thing that he did with the, the bubble or the play in game saying that, who you know, putting everybody's attention on him saying that whoever created it should be fired was just to take attention off the fact that he was still really hurt and couldn't play. Cause he came, he went right back out after those first two games he came back in. I think he was a lot more injured than people than he really wanted to let on. He's only human. He gets frustrated too, man. Right. Right. For sure. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm certain. Steven, my co-host, my co-host, that, uh, that you know, LeBron loves the to the storyline against all odds. You know, the decks the deck stacked against him. He's going to be the first pl- to ever go from the play into the to the finals. You know, he loves that kind of crap. So we'll see how it goes. All right, I'm going to ask you guys both this. I don't care who goes first. We'll go, Jamin. You can, Jayman. You can go first. Um, state your case. Why do you think the Suns are going to succeed and win the title this year? I, I think that it's uh, Chris Paul's destiny. And I think that uh, Devin Booker willed it into existence with his uh, Nike commercial he did like a few years ago with the <laughs> cartoon. He's a little kid telling, you know, the, the barbers nice. that he's going to be the one to lead Phoenix to a I ring. Like no, but I mean, I really I really think that um, this Phoenix Suns team is probably the most underrated team in the playoffs because, um, I mean, I know that there's a huge difference between regular season and playoff basketball. But if you look at their regular season, um, their win-loss record against plus 500, they have the best plus uh, the, the best record in the league against teams that are plus 500. So they can beat these uh, top tier teams. Like Marcus said that, you know, I think that we have a lot of confidence if, uh, you know, we're lucky enough to get past this first round against LA. Um, I think that Phoenix can beat you in a number of different ways. You stop Devin Booker, then you got to worry about Chris Paul. If they're both mm-hmm. off, then you got to worry about Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson. Um, if they're not doing well for some reason, De- DeAndre Ayton has a monster game, then you know that's kind of another way, way that they can beat you too. Phoenix has uh, a pl- uh, they have a top five offense, top five defense, and so you know it's just it. There's just so many ways that this Phoenix team can beat you, and you know unfortunately, I, I think Marcus could probably agree to this too, is that a lot of our losses during the regular season came from ourselves shooting ourselves in the foot. <laughs> whether that's, you know, the guy's not shooting the ball well, uh, just real bonehead mistakes during uh, the play. The um, during the play. So um, I, I think that we have as good a chance as any other team to to win this, uh, to, win, to win everything this year. And so, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we get past this first round. It, it, in a way, to me, I think it, it could be a blessing in disguise because uh, yes. you get L.A. whether they're yes. – um, at, at their least healthiest because then, you know, if they were to play a lesser team than Phoenix, they get past the first round and they have plenty of time to get more healthier, plenty of more time to adjust, but we get to uh, get them first off the bat. So I think that in a way, this is probably the best time to play the Lakers in the playoffs in the first round. I agree. Absolutely. You know, everybody's always has been joking and making these, you know, unfortunately for you guys, like look at poor Phoenix, you know, they haven't been in the playoffs in a decade and they get the two seed and look who they have to play. Well, if you're going to have to play LeBron, now's the best time by far. He's, he's not a hundred percent, even if or, or the whole team's not a hundred percent, they're not going to be worse in a month than they are now, unless they get <laughs> somebody gets hurt again, but that's, you can't count on that. They're just going to well, get stronger as the playoffs go on. All right, Marcus, go ahead. 
<laughs> give us your give us what you th what, what you got to say, man. Let's hear it. <laughs> uh, just obviously, it's it's like he said. If we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, we could get all the way. This first round, the Lakers healthy and. If every team is healthy, the Lakers are the best team in the West, flat out. They weren't because of injury. We could get past them in the first round. It's it's That's the hardest test to face mentally and physically because it's LeBron. It's Anthony Davis, and that's all you hear is LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to do this, they're going to do that. And it's like even on some of my favorite shows, Chris Broussard, he's – He's a Hall of Fame voter, MVP voter, and he says we have no chance. And I'm like, what are you basing this off of? Are you basing this right. off? You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, luck favors the prepared. And he's on prepared. Fox now, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's on. He's on uh, yeah, Fox, I think right? He's on yeah, that's why. Permanently just, now. Yeah, yeah. But they just say they it just is. say Randy stuff Marshall and Nick Wright. They've been campaigning for Chris Paul to be MVP. They're they're saying that they could beat the Lakers, and I'm and I'm with them. Uh, I just don't like his take on the Nets, but you know, yeah. I believe this I is right here. Yeah. If we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, we we have continuity, we have health, we have a little bit of youth on our side. Mm -hmm. uh, we have great coaching, loads of experience. We got Chris Paul as a coach on the floor and. Like, I don't know if you've been to any games, J-Mac, but if you watch uh, during commercial breaks and all this and that, you can see them talking to each other. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? And you can see Chris Paul leading. You the see, culture has changed. The culture yes, has changed. Yes, it's changed significantly. significantly. And you got to credit Robert Sarver, Sarver. You know, he he really did change, like, his whole thought process. He's mm -hmm. done – Bringing in Joe Johnson and Monty Williams and allowing them to make major decisions and do mm -hmm. their thing is really what helped. Really what helped because he could be like, what's the Knicks owner? I mean, I was just going to say, we've got a oh bunch of guys God. backstage, I'm sure, yes. that would love to have an owner that's willing to These actually rich you know, guys try have something new. Eagles. They have yeah. egos and they, they show. Willing, Robert Sarver's ego showed for the last 10 years. This is our year, man. Mm -hmm. This is our year. I, I wish I, we had more time to talk about James Jones because he's done a lot too. And even just the yeah. grass. Yeah. I love James Jones. Grains. I think he's been you look great at for Cam them. Johnson well, and you know, some of the boosts that he's done. And everybody criticized that Cam Johnson pick. They had so many power forwards. Well, this is a power forward league. I don't right. know if you noticed, but look Guys at uh, Jason Tatum. He, he brings the ball up court most of the time. LeBron brings the ball up most of the time. You know what I mean? It's it's a diff, it's it's a positionless game. Oh, yeah. For 15 years ago, those guys would have been power forwards, no doubt. You know, 20 years ago. Nobody – no big man plays with their back to the basket like in the old days. Right. Now, nowadays, they're shooting threes and taking you off the dribble. And you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like – you know, Definitely. It's, it's, well, you guys have me pretty convinced. I think I, I, you know, I'm excited for this first round series. I'm, I'm a little nervous, but you know, I'm, I'm always pr try to be pretty level headed about the Lakers. I try not to be too much of a homer, especially on the show. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I think it's gonna be a great series. I'm excited to, uh, hey, you know, if they beat the Lakers, maybe we'll have you guys back on if you want to come back on and you guys can gloat about definitely. it a little bit. I'd be cool. Well, that definitely, if you are. I won't, I won't gloat, but I definitely. I, Hey, I've hated the Lakers. 
I've hated the Lakers since I was little. Uh, I went and got a Raja Bell jersey when he closed line Kobe. With that being said, awesome. <laughs> with that being said, I've been a Kobe fan for for quite a while. Like he's taught right. me so much, and I didn't realize how much his, you know, his passing had an effect on me, but it really did. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it really did. I'm naming my baby girl, my baby girl Gianna, you know, after him, after his mm-hmm. daughter, you know, and. Like that's books do too, you know, and it's like, right. I, 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 I'm a basketball fan before anything. He, it's definitely I, sad what happened to him. He was, he was one of those guys that was supposed to be, you know, on the sidelines of games for the next 30 or 40 years, you know, shaking hands with the players and being like a big brother, you know? Yes. Yes. Sad. And, and even, and even like, like after, you know, uh, just, the videos and you know he teaches you he's constantly teaching you mm-hmm. and i have my own team you know and we play everywhere and i have to credit a lot of what i do to him and hey you could pick worse worse guy to to kind of build it after that's why but, i don't like Kyrie and i don't like kd i like I Hart, I don't like AD. oh i don't like the nets because of those reasons uh i don't like the nets he's he's the he's the last of a dying breed man i mean like hopefully for sure well guys i'm gonna let you get out of here send you backstage i appreciate you guys you're more than welcome to hang out and uh come on at the end if you have time if not we'll uh we'll talk on guys and you did a great job let me give a shout out to all the res ballers man for real my family for real thank you you, appreciate the opportunity winslow basketball too man hey we do our thing man we're trying to create yeah definitely guys something good down here man you know what i mean it's it's rough, but you know, hey, those res ballers—they they made me the kind of player I am today. Dopey <laughs> in Tuba City. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. I'm definitely. Well, good luck with your team and and all that, man. I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you, sir. I appreciate you having us on, man. Oh, whoops! Didn't mean to cut him. All right, see you, J man. All right, awesome. oh, another. Uh, Another interesting one that uh, I feel like I kind of lined myself up with all the fans of the teams that <laughs> don't like teams. Out oh, pretty. I will apologize and really get too far into this. I, I make a lot of jokes about the Clippers, but I don't really ever for me. You know, I'm just a team. So I'll try not. I'll try to be nice today. I won't have a problem. All right, Omar, tell us a little bit about yourself. What makes you a huge uh, Clippers fan. Well, I'm uh, originally from uh, Inglewood, California. You know why uh, wearing on my back and everything. Um, a lot of people say that, hey, oh, there is not enough. Uh, uh, there is no uh, Clippers fans. There was no uh, real Clippers fans and everything. Um, they're only uh, out in the Philippines. We out here, okay? We really out here, you know. Um, <laughs> you will talk uh, to some of the uh, OGs. And everything out, out in California, they'll tell you that they're uh, hardcore uh, Clippers fans. I mean, you look uh, back in the days, um, Dove C up in the uh, basement. Uh, you remember uh, Rap City, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was uh, rapping in the basement, uh, wearing guess what, Clippers jersey. So oh, yeah, that's we, true. we out here, you know, and it, it, it's pretty hard and everything, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it takes a lot of heart to be a Clippers fan, considering the fact that uh, our history 
you know, going right. from the uh, Buffalo Braves to the uh, San Diego uh, Clippers to um, Don Sterling's uh, L.A. Clippers. Ooh. Now uh, we are uh, who we are. You know, right? And you know, you can't, nobody can ever claim that a Clippers fan isn't a isn't a loyal fan. That's for sure. I wanted to bring uh, Andrew on here too. Andrew, welcome to the show. You, I know you're not a Clippers fan, but this is taking a little bit longer than I kind of expected. So I figured it might be fun to do two different teams at once. And I don't want you guys sitting around all day. Andrew is here for the Milwaukee Bucks for us. How you doing, Andrew? I'm doing good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Doing good. I appreciate you coming on, man. Why don't you tell us a little bit about why you, what makes you a Bucks fan? What, what got you started with them? So, I mean, pretty straightforward. I was born in Milwaukee, been a fan my whole life, you know, okay. went through a big rough patch where, you know, worst team in the league, still watched almost every game. And now I'm kind of just enjoying the ride, you know, being top team in the league. And hopefully this is the year for us. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm actually, I've been on this show a couple of times saying I wouldn't be too surprised at all if it was the Clippers and the, the Bucks in the finals. So it's kind of interesting. I got you guys. I didn't even think about that when I did this. So this will work mm-hmm. out. Sounds like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> all right. First question. We'll go with Omar first. Did you expect the Clippers at the beginning of the season or no? Why or why not? Honestly, I didn't at first. I mean, taking it back uh, over to our little uh, embarrassment uh, with the Denver Nuggets, you know, uh, we quote unquote mm-hmm. got Coach uh, Doc Rivers uh, fired and everything. And I actually uh, liked him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, well, I was kind of, um, I had mixed emotions. On one end, you know, I felt like it was a time to leave and everything, you know, it was a time for a change. But on the other end, you know, I understood the importance, uh, his importance to this uh, L.A. team. You know, we came from being nothings and everything to, at the very least, being in the uh, conversation, be, you know, uh, being at the uh, table. Um, so I didn't know what to expect when uh, Ty Lua came in and, you know, taking into consideration Utah Jazz doing their thing, Phoenix Suns, they're uh, doing a really good job out there. You know, taking into consideration, you know, we've did a pretty, uh, you know, pretty impressive in the, in the uh, regular season, you know, and that kind of go, goes to show that, you know, Doc Rivers – he may be a seasoned coach. He may be an uh, excellent coach and everything, but he probably wasn't the best fit for us. Whereas Ty Lu, you know, he kind of like uh, melded that uh, chemistry and he was able to uh, hold us accountable. So, I mean, I'm actually a surprise of, uh, for everything, uh, for what it's worth. I'm actually a surprise and I'm actually impressed for uh, what this uh, Clippers team did. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I wasn't huge on the Ty Lu, you know, signing just because I felt like we didn't really get to see what he is as a coach with LeBron. You know, everybody talks about LeBron's kind of his own coach and kind of calls every all the shots. But at the same time, he does, you know, Ty Lu did have to do a lot of, you know, ego management with that team for sure, I'm sure. And that's kind of, I feel like, what the, the Clippers kind of needed. And all the talk about, you know, no leader in the locker room and people just didn't really take each other serious. And, you know, maybe he's just, that's what they needed. And I think, too, the the move to run the triangle offense a little bit has been smart, too. I mean, you've got the, the two guys like Paul George and 
Kawhi Leonard to, to run it, I think it's it's pretty smart. So I think they've done a pretty good job. I wasn't sure where they where they'd go after the offseason. I mean, they've got so much talent, but the the offseason was a little bit rough for them for sure. All right. Andrew, same question. Mm-hmm. Do you expect the Bucks to be where they are at this point in the season or not? Why or why not? Oh, uh, yeah. So early in the season, I knew the Bucks would struggle. You know, we brought on a lot of new faces like mm-hmm. Drew Holiday and Brent Forbes, Bobby Poyers. But if I and I even I expected them to finish, you know, top of the East. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I had a guess, I would say the two seated behind Brooklyn or Philly. And you know what? We finished with the three. I'm totally fine with that. I think it takes a lot of pressure off of us. You know, the past two years, we were the best team in the NBA. And I think for once, being the three is just going to be better for us not to have all the pressure on us as having the best record in the NBA. So I'm fine with us having the three seed for this season. Hey, I I agree with what you said about the pressure for sure. I feel like they kind of flew under the radar a little bit all year. And I think a lot of it is is by design, just like what we saw last night with, you know, last year and the year before, Giannis would have had the ball in his hands at the end of the game, and everybody in the in the entire arena would have known that he had the ball and he was going to take the last shot. Mm-hmm. And this year they've tried to be different. You know, Mike Budenholzer, for all the, you know, all the crap I give him on here, and, and a lot of people do, about not being willing to change his system and try something new, he's done that all year. Mm-hmm. I've said it since the beginning of the year. I laid out some about four things I wanted to see Milwaukee do that I thought would help them, and they've done all of them. And I even kind of thought that they would have a worse record than they have had the last couple of years because they're trying to get some new things going. But I do think ultimately they're a better team than they've been the last two years. I'm I I, I don't think Miami's gonna gonna you know push them around like they did last year. Kind of, mm-hmm. I think Bobby Portis is gonna help a lot with that. He's had a good year. So it's it's going to be an exciting uh, uh, exciting playoffs. This is the first time I can remember in a long time. I feel like the East, at least during the regular season, was more more interesting to me at least than the West, which is not what I expected coming into the year. All right, Omar, what does your team need to do to be successful in round one? Uh, a couple of things. One, the defense. You know, we that that's our uh, baby and everything. You know, because you know, we have all of our uh, pieces that are uh, veterans, and they're not built for uh, uh, running up and down the court. So they got to lock up that defense, especially uh, lock up uh, Luca, lock up uh, Hardaway and everything. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing, and w- which I think uh, personally that was the reason why we uh, lost uh, that first game, you know, is adjustments. Yeah. Um, Paul George, yeah, you know, he – Everybody is uh, saying, oh, well, Paul George is uh, this, oh, Paul George is doing that. You know, yeah, the first uh, half of the uh, game was pretty bad, but he kind of uh, adjusted on that uh, second half, you know, especially uh, with having uh, Rondo on the uh, floor. You know, Rondo and uh, Kawhi, they're going to give them, they're going to give you the shirts off their backs and everything. Right. But I'm mainly uh, worried about Reggie Jackson, who I also noticed that. He wasn't necessarily strong with uh, a Dallas uh, last season. Mm-hmm. You know, why keep him on the uh, court for that long? Same with uh, uh, Mook, uh, or more singing rather. You know, he wasn't he wasn't getting his shots in. Mm-hmm. You know, we have way too many uh, weapons. You know, we weren't uh, – I mean, I, I felt that we weren't pay, paying uh, – excuse me. We weren't playing uh, Ibaka long enough. Plus, yeah. we have uh, Boogie, and we have our uh, little X-Factor, Terrence Mann. 
-hmm. we need to use as many of our weapons as possible. You know, uh, right. Ty Lue said that he, he always uh, brags about how big his um, his uh, playbook is. But, mm -hmm. you know, the, the biggest thing is don't be a Doc Rivers. <laughs> right. Definitely. You know, I, I feel like the, the, the best way to go against this or, uh, Mavericks team is still to be to try to be physical with them. I think like like kind of like last year, that's that's kind of they're still going to struggle with that. I think they did make some moves to improve in that area. But I do still think that that's one of the few ways you can kind of take take Luca off his game, at, at least a little bit. I don't know if you can. He's already kind of become one of those guys you can't expect to stop. But. You know, KP's definitely not a you know a banger in the post or anything like that. And I would I would be throwing as many of those big bodies at at him as as you can. You know, the the Clippers are one of the deepest teams in recent memory. And you're very right. I think I agree. I think they need to be anybody and everybody who's you know to give them an advantage. All right, Andrew. Same question. What do you think the the Bucks need to do to continue to be successful since they won yesterday? Yeah, so, you know, everyone's talking about Jimmy Butler, you know, got slowing down. But the one matchup that I'm concerned about is Bam Adebayo. The combo of Brooke Lopez, mm -hmm. Bobby and P.J. Tucker guarding Bam Adebayo, I feel like they can throw him off just a little bit. It could just throw their entire offense off. And if you look at game one yesterday, he shot, I believe he had under 10 points. He shot four for 15 from the field. You know, their offense, mm -hmm. I mean, they hit a lot of threes, but – you could just tell they were something off about their offense. So I think just being able to guard him and keep him in check, I think that'll be a big way for us to, you know, come through and win. And I think we have a lot of we added we have a lot of defensive talent on our roster this season. Mm -hmm. We have Drew Holiday, TJ Tucker, and then just having right. people like Bobby Porras. I just feel like that's something we didn't have last year. So adding those pieces to our team, I really think will help us you know, get past the heat. It was a very, it was a very stingy first game between both teams as far as mm -hmm. defense, you know, lots of missed shots, just lots of turnovers and stuff, very low scoring. So I think that's what will help us going forward. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I was actually helping one of the guys that's going to be on later with his uh, game recap of that game. And he and I mm -hmm. were kind of just going over our thoughts and we both said, you know, Milwaukee's got to feel pretty good about the way they shot and the fact that they still won that game. You know, they're not going to have many, many worse shooting nights than they had last night. So I, I feel like they should be pretty confident. And just real quick before we go on, guys, I do have a time limit for the radio show. I know we're just recording, but I do need to um, get the, the finish out there. So I'll do that real quick and then we'll go back to the question. So you guys can just hang out for just a second. Okay. All right. So for everybody listening on dash radio, we are unfortunately coming up against it, but you know how we do this. We, we, anytime we go over, go find us live, find us on Facebook, find us on Amazon or Apple podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts and make sure you tune in and listen to the rest of the show. We've got a lot more good stuff for you. And don't forget about our friends at manscaped manscaped. was Awesome products. We all know that. You get the lawnmower 4.0, 20% off, free shipping worldwide with our code BTG. It's brand new. It's great stuff. It's the best stuff that you can get. Use it. Trust me. Your girlfriend, your wife, your, whoever you're with, if you're by yourself, you'll thank yourself. Just Guys shouldn't be using the same razor for their whole body anymore. We know that. And like I always say, I like things easy. 
Our code is easy. It's three letters, BTG for breaking the game. 20% off. The stuff's not super cheap. It's high quality products for shirts. I mean, I've got just about everything that they that they sell. And 20% off is all of, not, a, not something to laugh at. And that free shipping is, isn't either. I mean, it's shipping's expensive. So head on over there, Manscaped. Check those guys out. They're awesome. They do a great job. Thank you for listening in. We were on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Thank you to Dash Radio. You guys are great. Everybody at, at Nothing But Net, you know, we got a lot of guys on the network that are doing the 2K games now too. So we're we're pretty pretty close with the guys at Nothing But Net. So thank you for having us. This has been Breaking the Game. I'm Austin. Steven, we miss you, man. Hope to see you soon. All right. Have a good one. <laughs>